Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. It's about you and your word and open our ears and our hearts that we can hear what you want to say to us. Amen. Gareth, can I ask you to share what you got this morning? Hi everyone. Um, so this morning we were praying, and I just felt to um, uh, felt reminded specifically of uh, John 19, verse uh, 10 and 11. So it's where Jesus was uh, on trial, and Pontius Pilate was uh, speaking to him, and uh, Jesus was not answering him um, all the questions that he was asking. So. Uh, Pontius Pilate said to him, um, you will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at, at all unless I, it had been given to you from above. Um, and while we were praying, we just felt that um, yeah, God has authority over everything, and, and we look to Him rather than the, the, the powers of this world, um, and we rely on Him, and He's our ultimate provider and our ultimate uh, protector. Thanks. I've got a lot of slides here, but it's not that much because I, I need to do this to, to read properly. So you can see the size is quite big. Early in this week, um, I, I prayed that, that God will give me the scripture that he wants to share with, with the church. So I really feel it's, it's not Whatever I'm going to say, I, I know I need to read this and I need to share the specific um, scripture with you. And, and I, I would ask you to just keep quiet for like a minute and, and ask God to, to show you what He has got for you in this scripture that we're going to read. And then, yeah, I'll give you a couple of seconds just to pray by yourself. I just feel... When I prayed earlier this week, that, that is a scripture that, that God has got for us. I don't know why. I've got something on my heart about it. But I would like to ask everybody 
in this church to pray about that and ask what God is saying to you. I'm going to share with you what is on my heart, but it's, it might be a little bit different from what God shared with you. But uh, at the end, we as a church need to hear from, from God what He's saying to us as a unit, as part of His body. Um, but before I read that, I, I have um, a couple of questions that I ask myself quite often. Um, but I think not many of you know where I come from, what my background is. Um, Janetta will know, and a couple that, I, that we shared before. But I grew up in a, in a time in our country where, where children was meant to be seen, not to be heard. Nowadays, it's total, totally different. When, when our parents would tell us to to jump like the, the officers in the army in our days, you don't ask them why, you just ask, uh, or you just jump and ask how high. You just do it. And that's how it was with, with us and our parents those years. Nowadays, if you tell your kid, and I don't know if, if, if your kids are different than many that I see, but if you tell them to jump, they will first ask you why, and then they will say, you jump first, then I'll jump, or something like that. But there's, there's a bit of a difference. Now, why I'm saying this is we, in, our, in the time we grew up, we've got this difficulty of understanding God as a loving father. Because we were so disciplined and so very, we were raised very strictly in, our, in, in those years. Nowadays, it's more free. And I think it's maybe easier for kids to understand God as a living father, but then the other side is they don't maybe understand God as the respectful God, the creator of the universe. And I pray that we as a church can get that balance right with our kids. And I'm mentioning this because when we read Ephesians, the whole of Ephesians, Paul touched about everything of Christian life in that letter from getting saved to how you should live, to practical things. We'll talk about that a little bit. So, I think what I just want to mention about this, this freedom is we need to remember there are scriptures, a couple of scriptures, and I, don't, I didn't write them down, but you, probably you know where they stand, where um, Paul said to some of the churches, we are free from sin. We are not free to do whatever we want. And this is where Ephesians, specifically this piece came in for me, the, the, what I want to read this morning. Ephesians 6 verse 5 to 9. Bond service, servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service, as people pleases, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, 
whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. God look at us not from masters and slaves. We are equal in his eyes. He died for, for everybody. And he rose from the dead for everybody. And he's giving life for everybody. We need to accept it. And that's what Paul was writing to Ephesians. I just want to refer to this word bondservants. Now, bondservants, um, th- there's... There's a bit of unsurety, but there were definitely people in those years, and that was in the time that Christ was living. By the way, about a third of the Roman Empire were slaves at that, in those years, a third. Another third used to be slaves at some point. So 60% of the people of that time knew what it meant to be a slave. And a lot of them were what these translations say, bond servants. A bond servant is somebody that actually um, give himself to a master as a slave. He's willingly a slave. But the same word is used in 125 um, instances in the, in the New Testament, which is the, word, the Greek word doulos, which is actually literally translated by slave but with the meaning of submit. So whether you are a bond servant, like they've translated in, in Ephesians, or a slave or whatever, you are still a property of the master. We are property of the king of the universe. Now, what struck me about that is, and I didn't write all the verses down, but you, again, you will, you, you will rem- remember them when I mention some of, of other scriptures. The whole concept of dying of myself, I lay down my life. I am not my own. I don't have a free will. Where do I get my will from? Now, if we read the whole of Ephesians, we will see that the Holy Spirit works in us to empower us and to give us the power of God. And that is to serve God. Now, if I talk like this, it might sound like there's no joy in being a Christian. But if you look at these kids here this morning, I am sure some of them have already given their lives to, to Jesus. And I, I know many of us know what it means to have joy. Not joy because we can do whatever we want to, but joy because we have a future, because we have a purpose, because Jesus died for us, and we are looking forward to the promise of, of eternal life, which we are already in. Eternal life is already, we are in eternal life. Now that is the next thing I want to say about this motivation of 
that's, that I was thinking about when I read these, these uh, couple of verses. My question is, is Christianity my life or is it part of my life? I'm going to ask it again. Is Christianity my life or is it part of my life? If I look at eternity, and there's a whole lot to say what we can say about eternity. Eternity is going to be forever. We, don't, we can't even understand it. We can't grasp it. Our human brains are just simply not capable of grasping eternity. God knows what it is. And we, in this say, we will be with him for eternity. Then I look at myself at, on earth and I say, this time that I spend on earth is just like a birth process of eternity. It's part of eternity already, but it's my birth process. It's accepting Jesus, laying down my life, getting a relationship with him. And that changes my whole outlook on, on life and what I do and how important what is to me. And this is what these scriptures mean to me. But if we look at the whole of, of Ephesians, Paul actually started with Ephesians and he explained. Now, I just want to get back a little bit more. Paul used to be in Ephesians for about three and a half years. I think it was about six or seven years before he went to jail. And you will, in, in Acts 18 to 21, there's, there's a lot of the history or some of the history that we can read about Ephesians and what they were, where they, um, what issues they had. Now, what we know from that and the resistance Paul had from some of the people there, because they were losing money because of what of Paul's preaching, you remember that, and then there was like a, a uproar against Paul about that. But they were idol worshippers. Um, it was a big city in those years, a very popular city, very strong Greek city. And you know the Greeks are um, known for their logical thoughts and um, there's no, everything must be explained. It's reasoning. That's how the Greeks were. They were very intelligent people. And a lot of them were, the, the, Ephesus was a very strong Greek city. So Paul was bringing the message to these guys. When, and a lot of them got saved, and the congregation there was very strong. And they went out and preached the gospel to neighboring towns and villages, and the church grew a lot. And then when Paul went, went to, to jail, he found out that there was a lot of things going on in Ephesus and people were sort of pushed by the world to compromise. And this is something that when many of the, the uh, commentaries you read about Ephesus, the people will say, Paul didn't mean to write the letter just for Ephesus. He meant to write it for a lot of churches, including us. And the question I want to ask on this point for ourselves is, in our lives, how much do we compromise with the world around us? It might not be, it might not be idol worship or whatever it is, but it, it could be my job. It could be my success in my studies, my, 
my money, whatever. It could be my lack of money. It, it, that could be what consume me, what make me um, get to the point where I, where I would want to compromise with the world with a lot of things. So I, I just want to read a couple of things. I'm jumping around because the time, the time is about uh, less and I'm skipping a lot. I'm just touching on a couple of things. Um, yeah, as I said, Jesus covered the whole, the whole gospel in his letter to the Ephesians. From getting saved by grace to the power of the Holy Spirit to be obedient to God to, to love uh, your neighbor, to respect your neighbor. Everything is in that. Even instructions about work environment, what we just read. Even instructions on family, husband and wife, uh, parents and kids. It's practical things that we can read. In Ephesians, if you read the first part of Ephesians up to about end of chapter 2 it's basically instructions of how Christianity works the chapter 3 is more the power of the of of Jesus Christ as the head of the body and then chapter 4 to 6 is a challenge for us he was writing um, he wrote it to Ephesians but it was meant for everybody to challenge us to take up the new life the one that Jesus gave us when he died for us and he rose and he took our sins on him. So the challenge Paul gave to them is to do that and not be confused with what the world wants them to have their identity, but their identity be in Christ. The one piece of scripture that I would like to read is... Um, is Ephesians 4 verse 11. Uh, it's about slide 6, Yaku. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now these two, in this last piece, there are two things that I want to emphasize. The one thing is he equips everybody in a church for a specific task. Everybody hasn't got the same task. And we need to get to the point where, where we know what our task is in the church, in this congregation, in the whole church is. 
And we need to take that responsibility and do it. The, the church is given in the same chapter he gave Jesus, um, Paul said these apostles, prophets, teachers they are in the church for a specific reason and if you've got one of those gifts and you don't do it the congregation actually lack so my challenge to us on this point is we need to go and ask God what is my gift and we need to take responsibility to talk to each other in convergence I think we are we're very motivated to, to really go full out for God if we want to go full out for God we need to take our responsibility in what we need to do in this, in this church and then get fully equipped and as this part say, if, if everybody is fully equipped, then the body will work properly. The pro body will work properly. And it, built, it get built up in love. And we know what love is. If we think about 1 Corinthians 13, and I think, what does love mean in my church? If I, look, if I look to the one sitting next to me, in front of me, behind me, living next to me, the one that I meet wherever at some of our small groups, what does it mean to love somebody? How does it look? Love is visible in many cases. If I, if I, if I can say something about relationship in love it's easy scriptures say that as well it's easy to love the ones that love you or I can translate it a little bit different it's easy to love the ones who make it easy to love them am I right? but it's not easy to love somebody who's constantly in your face who's constantly giving you a difficult time we need to love them, all constantly differing from me. And that is a challenge that I see in this whole book of Ephesians, this specific part, that we need to, we need to understand what it is to love each other. John, John 14, by this, the world will know that you are my children for the love you have for each other. How can they know it if they don't see it? So there's they some visible things. I, I, I want to ask myself all the time, if I say that I love somebody, how much do I really, um, am I willing to, to give away or to, of myself for that person? To support that person no matter what. We tend to look at people, and I'm going to throw something in here, we label people because of things they do or that we see or maybe that they diagnosed with. Some of us have got something like depression that we diagnosed with, and it's easy for me to say, oh, that person is a, is a, um, is a depressed person. Um, but that person is a, 
is a part of this body of Christ. How do I support that person? How do I love that person? How do I accept whatever comes from that person to me? I don't know how many of you have done tall trees. The, the course tall trees. Tall trees is wonderful to understand people. But it's to understand people. Tall trees, if I am um, whatever, rose, or maybe, it doesn't give me the right to do things unscriptural because that's part of the rose characteristics. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a tool for us to understand people, but let's use things like that to get to love people, to get to support people. And within the church, we need, and this is something that also come out, if you read the whole Ephesians, if you don't, if, if you don't have it without um, chapters and verses, you can give me your email address, I'll mail you a copy that I made. Read the whole book from the beginning to the end and just read it. Don't look at texts and chapters or headings, whatever. Just read and listen to what God wants to say to you. If we, I interrupted myself now. If, yeah, I did. But in any case, so, What was my point? Love. If we understand love, the, the congregation will grow because of love. And the co congregation will be visible because of love to people outside. And we get testimonies like that. I must, I must encourage you or by that we hear from time to time things that happen that we can understand that people in our church really love people. And that to me is very encouraging. Don't look, that's what I wanted to say. If you love people, you won't label them. If you love people, you won't judge them. And there's scripture for that, Romans. If you love people, you will forgive them. Seventy times seven. It's a lot. And that is things that needs to happen within a church. And that's the other thing that Ephesians also referred to. If you read the whole book, Paul also said um, to, to them that they need to go out and bring the gospel. Share it with others. That's part of our instructions as Christians. We need to go out. If a church grow inside, the natural flow is going out. And we need to encourage each other in that. I just want to read the, the, um, the, the part in Corinthians 13, 13 verse 4 to 13, um, about love. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And then at the end it says, so now faith, hope, 
and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I'm not going to go through all the, the, the practical inst instructions that um, Paul gave, but if, if you read from Ephesians 4 verse 24, he asked the congregation to be righteous, to be um, holy, to put away falsehood, to speak the truth, doing honest work, no corrupt talking or corrupting talk, but talks that build up. And then he said, be imitators of God as beloved children. So we are not only slaves, we are children as well. And we know that there are a lot of scriptures that say we are children of God. But we are slaves at the same time. We need to understand both. And then he said, there be no faultiness, nor foolish talk, no crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let, let there be thanksgiving. No Im sexual, immoral, or impure, impure. Let no, no one deceive you with empty words. This is all the practical things that Paul gave. And then he came to this part that I read at, at the end. The second last, can I say, paragraph of the whole letter is from the, the slaves towards their masters and masters towards the slaves. And then the last part, he wrote about the, the, the full armor of God. Now, what's interesting is if you read the whole letter, all of those aspects that's written in, in the full armor comes in the previous part of the, the letter. So if you read the whole letter, all of that, but you need to concentrate to see it. And you will see like, for example, faith. The helm of faith. That is in chapter 1. To speak the truth. That's part of it. To, to put on the shoes. It's go out and bring the gospel. All of those, read the, the, the full armor of God and read the whole book and you will see that all of that, Paul said that with a reason at the end. But at the end, if we read this whole book and we read what we need to do in our church, if we, if we see ourselves as slaves, what is God saying to us as a church? What does God say to me as an individual? And to me, if, if I look at what I started with, the whole aspect of Jesus, we are, we are slave, slaves of God, of Jesus Christ. We belong to him. What was the example he said? What is what he wants from us? If we read in 1 Peter, 
Peter gave the example, he said, Jesus, when he was reviled, he didn't revile back. What, how did, he, what did Jesus himself say to us when, on the Sermon of the Mount? How do we need to live? That is the instructions. That is making what we hear practical in our lives. It doesn't help me if I read all of this and I don't live it. If I read how love must look and I don't live it. If I read how I need to treat my neighbor, my children, my parents, my wife, my husband, and I don't do it. There's something wrong. So that is what God said to me with this whole book of Ephesians. He wrote it to a congregation that was fully con. Um, committed to serve God and the pressure from the world made that they compromise so my question to myself and to everybody today is what do I do to compromise with the world and to live different than my, with my, that, what, what my identity in Christ is supposed to be. Let us take up the full armor. Not because we want to say we've got this and we can do this and all of this and what, but because what we read in that first chapter with a genuine heart, a heart that belongs to Jesus, a heart that loves him, and when we act towards any person in, in our work situation or wherever we go, do I act the way that, that is a testimony of me having a relationship with Jesus, loving the world like Jesus loved his church and loved the world? Do we give that to the world? I, I did show my, my picture that I have a couple of, was it a month or so ago, and I, I, I just want to do that to, to end off and talk a little about, about that. What I'm trying to say there is my mind can understand or try to understand. I read the word and I read about God. So that's why I've got arrows from God and the Word to my mind. So my mind tried to understand and work on this. But if my heart is not in it, there will, no, there will be no result. My heart needs to... And, belong to Jesus and my mind needs to, uh, to search him, to seek him, to understand, to read, to learn. And that combined gives me a will to be obedient to God. Then the obedience will lead to me having the correct words, the correct works, and the correct thoughts. Remember what Jesus said about 
some of the sins, he said, that in, the, in, the, in the previous compensation, the Old Testament, the law was there to, and you could see you can't do this and you can't do this. But what does he say? If you even think of the things you're already sinning. We can have our, we need to get our thoughts in line with our works and our words because of our obedience, because we love Jesus. So with this, I just, um, you, you guys can come up and I, I just want to ask and I've if there are anybody here that knows that there's some aspect in your life not committed to Jesus, like a compromise with the world. Take the bold step and come and ask, come to the front after when they play and after we pray that, that, that we can pray. And also, um, Philip also asked, uh, I can't remember, uh, Philip, you, you said somebody. Maybe you will remember because if you if you if you know I didn't hear properly what Chris what Philip said, but you will know if he said something that you need some prayer for. Take the boldness and come to the front afterwards. It can be something about this, or it can be anything else. But come to the front and let us pray for you. Father, I, I want to thank you for your word. And although we try to cover a lot and maybe not very clear to everybody, I just want to pray that something of what, what came out of your, your word this morning will touch our hearts and that our hearts will ch- that our lives will change that we will not only have good intentions, but that we will be obedient to you, to your word. Change our hearts. And show yourself, yourself to us through your Holy Spirit more and more as we study your word, as we seek you. that we can really be your ambassadors in this world. Your hands, your feet. I want to pray the prayer that we also sang before that Jesus said, this is how we pray. And I, this to me is such a wonderful thing that, and I just pray that, that this will be our lifestyle. Jesus said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. 
truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will hurt because of they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Father, I just pray that we will take this serious in our lives. That we can say like Paul said to the Ephesians, that we will serve you with our heart that belongs to you. Not with words, not with ideas, but with our deeds, our hearts. May we be loyal servants to you. Amen. listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.